When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And this is the Blush Podcast, the show where we talk about all the things that might make you blush. Speaking of blushing, I hope everyone had a really exciting, sexy, sultry Valentine's Day. Or not. I don't know. I don't really get into Valentine's Day. I just, there's something about forced romance that is very unromantic to me. I don't know if that makes sense. I just, I don't really get into the traditional things that are supposed to be romantic, like red roses. Nah, not really into it. I really like white flowers. White tulips are my favorite. Otherwise, I like other white flowers. I will fuck with like a pale pink peony, but not so much the, you know, traditional red rose bouquet with baby's breath in it. Ugh, who thought that combo was cute? No, don't fuck with. I do love a white flower. Why are we talking about this? Okay, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I just don't, like to me, what's romantic is an inside joke. I don't know. Maybe that's just my love language. I just think there's nothing more romantic when someone does something that refers to some kind of inside joke that you have together. Actually, ooh, I wasn't planning on getting into this, but I will share the most romantic thing a guy ever did for me, and it's a little meta. So I want to say in December of 2020, I had first started seeing Ozzy, and for anyone who's new, Ozzy's my now boyfriend, but it's a long story of how we got here. And uh, right when we first met him, we did an episode on, I don't even remember what it was on, but at some point we were talking about our favorite things that guys ever did for us. And I shared the story of how a million years ago, this guy wrote something in sidewalk chalk outside my front door. This was back when I lived in D.C. like 10 years ago or something. And it was the cutest thing that any guy had ever done for me. So that episode comes out literally like a week into Ozzy and I seeing each other. Anyway, nothing happens then. But in January of 2021, he was leaving to go back to Australia. We weren't exclusive or anything. We weren't even serious at all. We were just casually seeing each other. And in fact, I was playing a fuck ton of really gnarly games with him. If you want more on that story, listen to the last episode from 2021. I think it's called Embodying Main Character Energy. I go through the whole history of when we first started seeing each other, what happened and how we eventually ended up together. Anyway, so he's leaving for Australia 
And he stayed at my place the night before he left. So he went straight to the airport from my place. And that morning, his flight was at 6 a.m. So I stayed in bed. And when I got up to leave for the day, I saw that he had written an inside joke of ours in Sidewalk Chalk right outside my door. Because he listened to that episode from December where I mentioned that that was the cutest thing a guy had ever done for me. And then he did it for me. How fucking cute is that? So yeah, that is my type of romance. Another thing he once did, um, he we had been joking about getting an indoor basketball hoop for my place because I have really high ceilings. And he was like, can I seriously do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. I mean, whatever. We'll put it in the spare room. And he had it delivered to my place. And in the name that it was addressed to, he had written some of our inside jokes. So I walk in the apartment one day and one of my neighbors was in the lobby. And she's like, what's this giant package? And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's not for me. So I didn't even look at it. And she's like, wait, I think it's for you. And I was like, uh, I don't think so. And she's like, no, 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 it says apartment two. And I was like, really? Are you sure? And she's like, yeah, yeah, it's addressed to Ozzy Slug blank. And I just started dying laughing because it wasn't Ozzy, it was his first name. I'm just not saying it. But Slug is an inside joke of ours. So yeah, in conclusion, I don't really like forced romance. What I do really like are inside jokes. And so yeah, Valentine's Day just isn't really my jam. I will say the best Valentine's Days I've ever had were in law school. One of our friends in law school lived in a college fraternity house. He was in law school. There just was an extra room in this fraternity house. So he lived with a college fraternity as a law student. And he threw Valentine's Day parties in the fraternity basement. I want to say all three years, definitely the last two years. Yeah, no, it was all three years. Yeah, I remember because the first year I got hammered and um, my friend was crying because of some boy. And so it was just so intolerable for me. And I was such a codependent and people pleaser at the time that I couldn't be like, okay, I just need to separate myself from this. Instead, I just drank and drank and drank. And then I believe before we went to the bars, I told a couple that they're really boring to be around. <laughs> It was pretty fucked up. Um, it was really funny, though. Um, God, this is terrible. I swear this is like a health and wellness self-improvement podcast and not just one where I say terrible things. Um, anyway. <laughs> and then the second year, I don't really remember. The third year was meh, lackluster. But, you know, by third year of law school, everything was kind of lackluster. Um, yeah, in conclusion... I think Valentine's Day is really fun when you focus on yourself and make it fun. My worst Valentine's Day was my senior year of high school. I was dating this guy 
And um, he's like, what do you want to do for Valentine's Day? And I was like, I don't like really care. Whatever. I'll just come over. We'll hang out. And there were like rose petals everywhere and romantic music playing up. My body is constricting as I talk about this. It's so painful for me to talk about because it was so forced romantic. Oh, my God. And he was wearing a suit. It was just and he doesn't wear suits usually. You know, it was unbelievably uncomfortable for me. So, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is you really have to figure out what romance means to you and how you enjoy it and embody that. And if you're single, my favorite Valentine's Days are always single. So it's just the perfect time to show yourself love. And I know it was yesterday, but let's just suspend disbelief and Extend it into today. Let's make today self-love day. Do we like that? I think so. Okay, so I have a really fun episode for you guys today. I have on my new friend, Susanna Merrick. She is an aura stylist. How fucking cool is that job title? Okay, let me backtrack a little. So Susanna and I met... December of 2019, so naive as to what was about to happen to us, Um, I went to this event and Susanna gave an opening guided meditation to the event. And I remember thinking it was really powerful and beautiful. And I'm not always the type who anytime I'm in a group setting and there's some kind of guided meditation, I'm really blown away. Like my friends and I recently did this event. I don't want to give any details, but it was over Zoom. It was a virtual event and there was an active chat and there was some kind of opening meditation. And I remember everyone in the chat was like, oh my God, chills. I'm crying. I'm sobbing. I'm so moved. And the three of us were like, are we in the same event? Like, what the fuck are people crying over? Like, calm down. It's an opening meditation. Um, Not to be such a Debbie Downer, but I just, can we be real? Like, is everyone actually that moved? Because if so, I think I might be missing some emotions. And frankly, I think I'm a pretty emotional person. So it's not like I'm too cool for school. I would love to be that moved all the time. I just, let's call a spade a spade. It's a fucking meditation, you know? Anyway, Susanna's though was really, really beautiful. Like it really struck me. And after the event ended, her and I were kind of walking in the same direction. And so I was like, oh my God, Heva, go talk to her. Go talk to her. Heva, don't be a pussy. Like, go talk to her. Uh, sorry if pussy offends people. It's not actually like a derogatory term towards women. When you say pussy in that context, it's comes, it comes from pussylanimous, pussy, some word like that that actually means cowardly. So it's not this reference that females are cowardly. Anyway, so it was like, Heva just like, you know, go fucking talk to her. She seems so cool. And so I was like, I really enjoyed your opening meditation, you know, while like shy and shaky. And we got in a little bit of conversation and exchanged Instagrams. And that was that. And then a few months ago, I reached out to her to be on the podcast because again, I just find her job so interesting. 
So anyway, she came over. We had this great conversation. The full video is on Spotify. By the way, this is a video podcast episode, so you can watch it. And after we stopped recording, we ended up talking for a while and it was so fun and I can't wait to hang out with her. She is the coolest. She's so down to earth. And I just am fascinated by her job. And we talk about this a little in the episode, so I'm not going to go on for too much longer. I know I've been rambling already about nothing for a while. (laughs) Um, But the thing is, In the New Age spiritual community, there's kind of a lot of rhetoric against earthly things, right? It's sometimes considered non-spiritual to be into clothes or money or things like that. And I love her job because Aura automatically is so spiritual, right? And then stylist is something that a lot of people who talk about auras might look down on as just being frivolous. But to her, it isn't at all. And she really gets into what it means to her. And it's just such a fascinating conversation. So in the episode, we talk a lot about auras and she really defines what an aura is because it's one of those words that I think we all hear and we know it's something woo-woo, but I don't know. I just always associated it with like Phoebe from Friends who I think in the first episode, she's like, oh my God, let me cleanse your aura. And you know, we hear that phrase, but like what actually is an aura? So we get into that. We talk a lot about colors, color psychology, the energetics of colors, what different colors mean and how you can use the energy of each color depending on what you currently need and want in your life. So it's a fascinating episode. Definitely look her up. I'll have all of her information in the show notes. And if you enjoy the episode, please share it with someone. I think this is an episode that really works nicely for both people who are spiritual and also really are not even that interested in spirituality. So really anyone you know who maybe has an interest in auras and things like that, but also people who are into fashion and style and aesthetics. In conclusion, just share it with everyone. I think that's what I'm getting at. Okay, without further ado, here's my interview with Susanna. Susanna, thank you so much for being here. How are you today? Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm great. It is so cold. Oh, but, you know, I braved the weather and I'm so happy to be here in person with you doing this interview this is so exciting I know it's so nice to do things in person like in a controlled safe way you know absolutely like but I was I literally got on Instagram today and I was like I'm doing something and (laughs) and I was like that sounds really lame but then I was like you know what I'm sure I'm not alone no I'm sure other people feel the same I literally do nothing like this podcast is the only social interaction that I have (laughs) like we hope if you're listening you are like at the gym or you are out but if you're just at home we also feel you (laughs) yeah yeah and that's what's nice about the podcast it's like listening to friends it's it makes you feel like you totally (laughs) like you you are our friends yeah just dm me (laughs) yeah (laughs) i love it yeah so can you tell the audience a little about your background 
Yeah. So um, I run a company called AuraWare, which is all about really stepping into your aesthetic through a embodied place and really finding what you're healing, manifesting, or creating. So there's lots of ways to explore that. But essentially for me, ritual around getting dressed and getting ready is where I find the most helpful practices in really being seen and really kind of evaluating where I am in my life. So that's where AuraWare started from. And then of course, I am an aura reader, energy reader, and I help mm-hmm. people understand their energy in, in the moment. And I think something that is important to mention, because oftentimes when you think about the aura, you think, okay, one color or two colors and that's it. You actually mm-hmm. are every color and your energy is changing and moving through and you have 12 layers of your aura. So having an aura reading can actually be kind of a glimpse of what you need to know right then, right then in the moment what's helpful for you. And I really believe that you can change your energy. So that's where AuraWare comes into play to help you shift and change your energy. So I do that. I do aura readings. I host workshops. I am a life coach, a spiritual coach. And yeah, I get to play with clothes all day. It's pretty great. It's so fun. (laughs) Okay. I have like a million questions, but let's start super, super basic. What is an aura? This is a great question. So an aura is the electric magnetic energy that actually comes out of you, right? So we all admit a frequency, um, an energy of like, they actually say it's like, it is radiation to some like tiny level. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And that can be measured, which is wild. Um, But your aura is around you. It usually spans out between anywhere between uh, one to three to five feet of energy. I mean, depending on where you are Mm -hmm. (laughs) energetically. Um, but there are 12 layers and these aren't just like layers that are around you, like physical, there's your physical energy. Yes. But there is also your spiritual energy, your mood, your thoughts. You know, I really believe that these colors change. They're associated with different layers, different things. There's your purpose layer. Mm -hmm. There's your, you know, and all of them are intertwined. Some of them are super high practice. Like I don't even get into all of them because they are like, they're like hard for the brain to understand, you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's your ego layer and then your soul layer. And, um, but these layers are really just little glimpses of what we need to heal or move through or create in mm-hmm. our life or what we're ultimately subconsciously or consciously desiring. Mm-hmm. They show up in the energy that's around you, which is pretty cool. I love that. How, like, when did you realize that you could see this? So I've always experienced energy, but I always kind of say I like had, I had to kind of relearn it, Mm -hmm. but I chose to kind of unlearn it. And Mm -hmm. why that, that's the way that I say it is because I had a lot of experiences when I was younger. And as I got older, (laughs) you know, you start to have more of a concept and understanding of the world around you. And for me, I was like, well, maybe... You know, I remember one time my parents did say, they're like, well, maybe she has more cones or receptors. Like, I heard them talking about it, and I was like, Mm. what does that mean? And so, like, of course, back then you didn't have Google. Yeah. (laughs) We had encyclopedias. (laughs) I'm really dating myself. (laughs) I swear to God, I'm only 20. Um, (laughs) 
hey, I mean, there was a Google when I was a kid. I don't, yeah. yeah. It's hard for some people to grasp. Like back in the day, if you didn't know what something meant, you just didn't know. Yeah. And that's pretty much how you had to live your life. Totally. I remember, like, I like, looked in the encyclopedia. I was like trying to learn. My brothers were all, I got five brothers. And they were all like three older ones and they were like really geeky. And I was like, what does this mean? They're like, well, receptors and cones in your eyes are when the light reflects it. We had a, an eye doctor at our church that I remember interrogating about this. And he just like laughed at me because he's like, why are you asking me this? <laughs> and I was like, sometimes I see colors around people and I feel things. And he's like, hmm, well, you might, you might have more. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> so there was this part of me that was just like, okay, maybe I do see this level of energy. I didn't really understand it. And to be honest, I didn't really care then, you know, mm-hmm. like, I wanted to just be a normal kid. I didn't want, like, I didn't know how to energetically protect myself from feeling and seeing certain things. Now, obviously, as a professional aura reader, I understand that my clairsentience of feeling and knowing is also how I see. So whether my senses Mm -hmm. are getting crossed, I don't know. And I really try to just let go of it because at the end of the day, it's not about, is there proof in this pudding of what I do? It's the proof is in me helping people. The proof is in what messages come through and the proof is in the channel itself. And Mm -hmm. that's what the aura ultimately is. It's a channel, a way for you to, to extract or get or receive information about yourself. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So do you, when you just like walk down the street, are you seeing (laughs) auras or are you able to turn it off? Yes. Yes. And yes. Um, you, it's kind of like, think of it like when you're you're focused on something, right? Mm-hmm. You're looking at something like, I'm looking at your computer screen right now. Mm-hmm. I know there's a plant over here to my right. I know mm-hmm. there's a camera over here. But like, my brain isn't like, it just it's just part of it. it be- mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to explain it. It just kind of becomes part of it. And part of the energetic work that I do is to to disconnect from it. And for me, that's a boundary, not only for myself, but also that person. Right. Yeah, of Um, course. It's not like I have like x-ray vision or a walk around, but I do sense, sometimes I sense certain things about people and I'm like, you know, and I will like lean into that energy or see and start to feel and start to get messages. But I'm very sacred about it. And I'm very like, when you come and you have a reading with me, like I light a candle, I ask your permission to be this intimate with you to look into your energy to see these parts of you Mm -hmm. and that to me is really important I have a lot of like I I think it's problematic I sound like I'm Jen uh Jen Z (laughs) I could be right (laughs) I think it's problematic um I do kind of think it's problematic a lot of celebrity aura readers or people that are like just randomly reading people I'm like Mm -hmm. that's not my jam um and why it's because it's it's just that's you like nobody else that's kind of like I guess the the blessing and the curse of the gift is that that I get to see these parts of you but like I hold your secrets too you know and like that to me is important in the relationship and and in the exchange of having your energy read right yeah I've seen people who will post on Instagram like Britney Spears as a pink aura and stuff and you're like well, maybe yeah. Britney Spears doesn't want that out there. Like, maybe yeah. that's. But you also you have a very different approach to it, where it's not like you have one or two colors and that's it. Those are your yeah. colors always. Like you said, it changes. Yeah, that. So that is personality diagnosis. 
I am mm-hmm. not in that. Like, I'm not. I I definitely, I will say, in the very beginning, like, people would come to me. That's that's It is fun. It's, like, yeah. fun to be seen. It's fun to know things about yourself. But um, it's also really powerful. And it's also, you know, something that's going to change, like, mm-hmm. over time. Like, and I think that, when we like like first of all like we look at astrology or human design or like all of these different modalities they're awesome because they do like there's some eerie stuff Mm -hmm. that connects but we also have to like look at the fact that like sometimes the universe is sharing like retrograde is real it happens these planets get in alignment but it really is about the messages that they carry or the themes that you're supposed to move through mm-hmm. and less about, oh my God, don't go out and buy a computer right now because literally you, like, or, or don't take that job. It's yeah. like, hey, be really mindful and mm-hmm. look through it. And so I try to approach the aura in the same way. Those colors, yes, like you can identify with them and I want you to and I teach you how to re- have a relationship and identify with them, um, but they're interchangeable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's you're interchangeable. Like you can show up as different, you know, multifaceted versions of yourself. And mm-hmm. that's like the joy of being a human. So I don't, I do think there's colors that are related to your soul or your spirit or that you tend to like gravitate to. Like if you've ever had your, have you had your aura photographed? I have. I was actually going to ask yeah. you about that. I have once in Sedona. Oh my gosh. Yes, yes. I think I had a lot of colors. But you um, live like okay. I know. I live right <laughs> by where they do it. I remember my current boyfriend, we call him Ozzy on the podcast, early into us dating. He was like, Yeah, I had my aura for photograph the other day and the colors are all like kind of brownish. And I was like, Yeah, it's shit. You need to hang out with me more to like get better colors or something. Like it was just a joke. Yeah, yeah. But I remember being like, do colors change? So now yes, we know. Yeah. I bet he has a brighter aura now that we're dating. Yeah, there's a girl out there. I forget. I'm not going to totally space. I would give her a massive shout out if I could. She, I think her company's called 12 Month Aura, but she would literally, like, you could send her a picture of your aura and she would, and like, you do it every month. Like, you could sign up for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And so, and so you would go to somewhere, like, if you live close in Sedona or if you lived um, out in LA or in, you could go to Chinatown. Um, and she would then like analyze your aura and your energy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've had every color right, show up. Sorry guys, I am 23 weeks pregnant. And if I keep hiccuping, it's, <laughs> oh, you're <laughs> like, good. it's just like the, I've never hiccuped like I did, like I have in the last few, uh, few months, but yeah, so you can go and it'll change. But like, especially if you go to, uh, Chinatown over here, Mm-hmm. Like the women are so matter of fact on how they read your energy, <laughs> you know, that like they'll tell you things about your health. And like, I really do believe they're looking at your like physical aura mm-hmm. and they're seeing and they're noticing things, but they're not, they're like scientists and they're connecting the dots ultimately with so much information mm-hmm. that they've seen or experienced. I don't know if they're necessarily doing it the same way that I do, where I'm like feeling your energy and noticing and then being like, oh, this is a message. Like, there's a skill there, right? Mm-hmm. But um, that being said, it can be a really, really helpful tool mm-hmm. for you to kind of know what's coming into your life, you know? And, like, like, one time they told me my blood pressure was high. It really was. And I never had – I wow. mean, took care of it. I never had high blood pressure before, but I don't think I would even have thought to, like, 
go into the doctor. I was like 25 when they told me that. Wow. You know, okay. and I'm not, you know. So I was going to ask you the aura photography services. So yeah. you think it's legit. It's not absolutely like so okay. wild. Okay. I'll tell the story of it like in the quick version. <laughs> like I'm, this is like the long version. Like, however. Drunk history style. Um, so there was a man named Edgar Casey. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you familiar with Edgar Casey? Not at all. So Edgar Casey was known as a sleeping psychic, like in the 1900s. He's also known as kind of the founding father of auras. And fun fact, the brand Beauty Heritage, um, that does like the aura spray. You've probably seen it. it's like the per- blue and pink bottles. You can like basically get it at like any you know castor oils and stuff any like grocery uh, store oh uh, okay okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. i know what you're talking so about that yeah. brand actually started from his his company like mm-hmm. so he so he used to be known as a sleeping psychic because he would basically go into a trance and tell doctors how to operate and he never went to oh. medical school he also saw auras and energy and he's made it his study to basically um, help you understand. So most of the stuff that I understand about aura and how I translate or channel come from the Edgar Casey teachings, which is essentially the aura carries the messages, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, he would go into these trance and he'd tell doctors how to operate. It was wild. He was like a pastor in Kentucky. So strange, like strange story. And if you're ever interested, you can like Google him. Um, but he lost his voice and couldn't talk. Until, like, two years later, someone was like, why don't we put him in a trance and see what happens? They put him in a trance. (laughs) This is wild. And he speaks. And he's like, there is a tumor blocking my blah, blah, blah. And then they operated and removed the tumor. You could talk again. So (laughs) why this is unique to aura photography is because it is it is um, believed that he went into a trance and actually gave the blueprints to Krillian, which is this German inventor mm-hmm. who invented the aura camera, essentially, mm-hmm. or like the technology. This was like in the 30s or 40s. Like this was be like cameras were just kind of coming, um, coming out. Like, mm-hmm. and any rate, and then it said that Krillian then thus passed on to this guy. Literally, his name is Guy Coggins who is the guy that makes all these cameras that you see floating around. So the pack film cameras that do the instant photos where mm-hmm. you see all the colors. Why this is cool is because you put your hands on these electric magnetic plates that literally measure the frequency that's in your body, and then it's interpreted through color. So that's how it appears on the camera. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to it. Like, there's no, it's, there's no, I mean, people used to believe that it was like, Oh, sensor sense sensitive to like moisture or sensitive to temperature. No, it's mm-hmm. like all of that stuff has been debunked. So it's really wild. Um, but I will say, the sad part is that pack film is they're no longer making pack film, which mm-hmm. the instant film you they don't make anymore. Everything's getting digitalized now, mm-hmm. including those cameras. And the guy guy Coggins just retired, and then they just sold the company to um a digital company but the point is that so if you ever see these films like go get your picture taken and like if it's one of those cameras like because it's definitely like a dying art form if you Mm -hmm. will um and i i personally think there's some problems with the digital versions like the ones that you see you you can tell they're different too okay 
maybe we can like put a picture of some on the website people can see because you'll see one's just like kind of looks like this weird impression and then the other one's like it looks like it's coming out of you it's very strange mm -hmm. um but yeah so that's the story <laughs> <laughs> wow okay do you know what chi they have in chinatown they have one of the um kodak like um they're called like cam four thousand like 400 or so you know that's how you always know but they're you can tell by the film because when they when they take your picture they pull the film out of the top like in, like mm -hmm. a polaroid and then they peel back they mm -hmm. peel back the thing and when you get it done digitally it just like it's like a printer right so um yeah, so there's something wild that's connected into that that I that I definitely think is like the real deal versus the um, and that's because I I mean I that's how I experience the energy. It looks more like that version mm -hmm. versus the digitalized computer version. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's so interesting. So I'm wondering, you're pregnant now. Yeah. And also my dog keeps coming in the room. <laughs> By so the way, cute. not Love related, but I've heard this rumor that dogs tend to, if they oh, yeah. are around a pregnant person, they'll stay around them a lot. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. My dog's very, he knows. Mm -hmm. Like, he like, <laughs> he's been doing this thing where he'll, like, he likes to get on the bed and then, like, say hello when we're home or whatever. He, like says hello to my stomach i'm not kidding you and at first the first few times i was like i'm just making that up like no but he'll literally like paw and like nudge his nose it's wild that's so cute it's cute um okay do dogs have auras and then separately can you sense your baby's aura such good questions dogs do have auras babies do have auras um so from my experience I did. I tapped into this this kid's energy very early on, and it was wild. We actually got our auras photographed um, after our first appointment because our original doctor was in Soho. And so we went over, and I was like, you have to go get our auras photographed. And I just knew. I was like, this baby's going to have blue, some white, and turquoise in their aura. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, those aren't colors that normally show up on my aura. And those were all my colors. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, what's going – like, what's happening in my aura? I was like – yours is like I can't even catch it like it was and that happens sometimes for me with men and I mm. I my kind of theory is that like because it happens with women specifically who get out of their menstrual like out of their menstrual cycle into their um their follicular phase mm -hmm. I have a theory that like testosterone energy just moves so fast like it's mm. like beta that it's hard for me sometimes to know like what's coming through Mm -hmm. And I think, I mean, I have lots of theories around this, but I think this is why women are like a little bit more intuitive and we can catch things. Mm -hmm. um, and our energy flows so differently because we have cycles, right? I'm not going to get too much into that, but it's easier for me to read women than mm -hmm. it is for me to me read men. And I think for two reasons. One, I think it's a lot of testosterone type energy physically that's moving around. And, and two, like men aren't as in in touch with like what's coming through right and women tend to we kind of subconsciously i really believe like that energy floats around a little bit more mm -hmm. anyways to answer your question i when i was reading women i would primarily notice baby's energy come through after about six months okay so um and i have also read that apparently this is like in the japanese culture that they believe this you know the soul doesn't come through until 
mm. further on. And so it, it kind of makes sense. But um, I think that with just even knowing and sensing my child's aura, I think that's like, you know, I've like when you're you're connected in some capacity. And so I was able to receive it sooner mm-hmm. on but of course yeah yeah it is it is interesting like people have come to me and they're like what's my baby's aura and I'm like it's probably gonna be yellow <laughs> most kids are yellow in the beginning most dogs are yellow mm-hmm. um but it's yeah but then sometimes I'll get little glimpses of it when they're in the third trimester of their pregnancy okay so you mentioned yellow what aura colors are there like yeah, what okay. are the possibilities so you can, or literally every color of the rainbow, every shade. You are made of light. You are. Um, the theory on color, of course, is that you know it's reflective and absorbing, not right. But this is just a theory. Mm-hmm. There's also the concept and idea that it's energy. Mm-hmm. We know this, but um, whether there's, I think there's something deeper tied into all of that ultimately. Mm-hmm. But the way that I like to read energy or understand energy is strictly study. So, or messages that are received from the energy. So that's where color psychology comes into play. Mm -hmm. I believe we all have relationships with color, experiences collectively with color. And then I believe there are things that happen to us because of color or like experiences or um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like collective experiences or they affect us the same way. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. Um, so there's this bunk, a book called Drunk Tank Pink. The book title comes from the understanding that they used to paint uh, precincts pink and they used to put all the drunks in there because they believed the pink would calm, calm them down. And um, anyways, the point is that there's just been tons of studies around pink that says, you know, that it actually makes men weaker and women stronger. <laughs> like, um, and what's also interesting is that there are studies that show that it makes them weaker, but then more aggressive. Hmm. And why this is problematic is because they were, they like paint prisons pink. <laughs> and so, right. so it like calms them down, but then they get aggressive. My theory is kind of that there is like it, it invokes like an emotional stake and most men don't want to like move through their emotions. So it's like easier to get mad. Mm, um. That actually <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And so for women, we're so in touch with those parts of us. So like, we're like empowered when we look at pink. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, it really is about looking at each color as a place to explore themes in your life things you want to heal, things you want to move through, things you want to manifest and create. Mm -hmm. So I use color psychology to kind of form those ideas. And Mm -hmm. this is all in a course. This is all I I teach my my clients this one-on-one blog post. This is all like my own personal theory, but this is how I help you manifest, heal, and create within your life or just even understand yourself. Mm -hmm. So example, yellow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yellow is playful, joyful, all the things we know about it. You know, she's as bright as sunshine. She lights up a room. Mm. All these things we all associate with yellow. But yellow is also what I consider to be the energy you work with when you're healing your inner child. Mm. So what does that look like? What does it look like to heal your inner child? It looks like a lot of different things. It looks like 
feeding yourself foods that you want to that like make you feel good and connected to that part of yourself as a kid letting yourself make decisions from a really organic place wearing clothes that have the embodiment of what you want to feel like if you want to feel more like a kid what would your inner child want to wear mm-hmm. like what you know for me as a child my mother I was come from a cult I grew up very very religious I was not allowed to wear a lot of things. So for me, healing that part of me is like letting whatever the hell my inner child wanted to wear, wear, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. what does that look like now as an adult? You know, and that's what embodiment really is. But color is a place to play. Each color has its own themes. And if you're interested in learning more, you can go to my website, but we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk through some more colors, but yeah, there's a lot to learn. Yeah, side note, I would love to have you back to talk about your upbringing because I have a bizarre fascination with cults. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can definitely get into it. I've healed enough to talk about it now. Okay, good. Um, c- could we maybe just do a very quick rundown yeah. of, like, Maybe the Roy G. Biv <laughs> I love plus it. pink <laughs> yeah. or something. I'm like, yeah, guys. Okay. <laughs> this is going to be fun because I think this will help you as a listener kind of go, oh, yeah, I already know these things. Mm-hmm. And why this is so important for my work, because specifically I work with women to help them embody, to step in, create, manifest, heal, all the things. Mm-hmm. So each of these colors are like your place to play or your place to kind of explore about yourself. So much of what we we believe about ourselves and like what is programmed into us comes from a lot of just past shit we've been through, mm-hmm. things we've experienced. So sometimes when you like when people come to me, they don't know where to start. So mm-hmm. think of this conversation and as we go through the colors, just each of these are like a place you can explore or play or just even learn a little bit more about yourself because. Mm-hmm. I always say we all got T's, big T's, little T's. It doesn't matter. The little T's tend to be like oppressed. Mm -hmm. And so having kind of a structure where I'm like, okay, I want you to go heal your inner child. I want you to go examine your mother wound. Mm -hmm. Gives you an opportunity to go, oh, wait, uh, yeah, maybe I should. Or maybe there is something to explore within there versus like, relationship with my mom why would I do that like Mm -hmm. I I was it was great when I was a kid it it gives you a chance to kind of let things kind of like bubble up to the surface Mm -hmm. and by big and little t's you mean trauma right trauma yeah trauma 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 mama (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say that part but um okay so we're gonna go through Roy G. Bib. I don't even or however you want to do it however you want to do it I just okay so let's start with pink Okay. Pink is, I'm wearing pink. That's why I want to start with pink. Um, Pink is, for the definition of what we understand about pink from the psychology standpoint, pink is is soft, romantic. Pink represents love. It's uh, frilly or feminine and energy usually. We all collectively kind of know these things, right? Mm -hmm. If you really get into the history of pink, though, pink was actually a color associated with men, Back in like Anne Marie Antoinette's time. And then became big in the punk era, ironically. Right. But for the sake of my work, pink is feminine. I've had a lot of people come to me and be like, pink is not feminine. It was, I'm like, okay, great. That's great. But 
for the work that I do, pink is feminine. Mm-hmm. And in an aesthetic of your style, that means ruffles, lace, bows, really whimsical-esque ladylike pieces. Mm-hmm. It also, as a color, is about romance. Like, what are you, what's your, you know, if you're like out there trying to get a guy and you're like, I don't understand, I can't get a guy, I can't get a guy. But like, if you really haven't opened your heart <laughs> to let that guy in, mm-hmm. you're not going to get the guy. So <laughs> I think a lot of times we are, we're like, oh, I really, really want something. Or I really desire something, but like you haven't explored it yet. Mm-hmm. And so in the in the pink box if you will we have getting in touch with your femininity what does femininity look like to you what's your construct of femininity femininity for me is very different than what was shoved down my throat back mm-hmm. in the day i've taken the reins and i've changed what femininity means to me um what's your relationship like with your mother that's such an important thing like we all have heard of daddy issues but like how we interact with our moms so often affects our relationship with other women, mm-hmm. you know, or with what we think about ourselves. And so it's the female wounds. It's the mother wounds. It's looking at your female relationships. Um, so many of those things. And then when you move into the next color we'll do is red. Red is also what you know about red. It's passionate. It's fiery. It's sexy. So what is what is that on your terms? What is sexuality on your terms? What is mm-hmm. sexy on your terms? Because what's sexy to you might not be sexy to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to styling and dressing, it isn't just about wearing the color. It's like, what does sexy look like when it's embodied for you? Mm-hmm. It might it might be being covered up head to toe, but like having some great lashes, girl. You know, <laughs> or like or like wearing gold or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? And so... What I'm inviting you to do is look at these things. What what is sacred about your sexuality? What what do you feel like you have control of? Where do you think even parts of your sexuality may have even been taken from you? Do you want to reclaim? Mm-hmm. Like so each color has themes, psychological themes, but a place for you to explore. Okay. Next we move into orange. Hmm. Orange is more masculine in energy. <laughs> I'm like, mm, mm, I like orange. But okay, the reason I say that <laughs> is because with orange, it's one of those things that like you either love it or you hate it. Mm-hmm. Like there's not, no one's like, meh, orange. They like have a, a, a aversion to it for a reason. Orange in psychology is like, think of like yield signs or slow down or caution or it's used to warn us, right? Mm, yeah um uh uh i want to say witch's hat that's what they call it on australia uh traffic cones traffic cones traffic cones are orange yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) slow down yeah (laughs) so orange is like what i always say in in psychology terms it's it's risky it's bold it's very masculine in energy as a bold Mm -hmm. color even though it's like higher frequency like red red Mm -hmm. we associate with more feminine Orange we associate with more masculine. Mm-hmm. Um, those who tend to have a lot of orange in their aura tend to be adrenaline junkies, tend to live on the edge, tend to t- mm. make bolder choices. And then these things we understand about color psychology. So in my box of exploring orange, we learn about 
your masculinity? What's your relationship with your own sense of masculinity? What does that mean to you? Right? So in your aesthetic, that can come out as combat boots mm-hmm. or like a leather jacket or um, more men's, ta- men's tailored wear, like things that make mm-hmm. you feel really powerful, like in your masculine. And it's good to be balanced in both, right? Right. Um, or it's a place to look at where are you not taking risk? Where are you, mm. where are you feeling of, like if you have an aversion to orange, you're likely not wanting to take a lot of risk. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just pretty like pretty across the board. Right. So, and if you are like really loving orange right now, it's like, well, ask yourself, like, what am I like? What am I ready to do? Am I ready to quit that job? Like, am I ready to like ask that guy out? Like, what is it? Because something's like knocking at your door if, you're, if your desire is to have more of that color. And that's what I mm. absolutely love about color. It like, it can have this effect on us. And so, yeah. And then when you go through the rest of colors, yellow, again, we talked about more playful. Mm. It's that place to really examine your inner child. Um, blue is all about looking at relationships, like platonic relationships mm um it's all about blue itself in psychology is like it's peaceful it's calm it's serene um but really for for my clients when I help them explore through that is like your toxic relationships like what has been imprinted on you that's keeping you either you know sad about certain things or I mean you know colors have shadow sides right Mm -hmm. what's keeping you what's comfort to you you know where do you why do you crave comfort right now so when it's an aesthetic that's like cozy sweaters and jeans and like more laid back kind of looks, I would say it's like the capsule wardrobe kind of energy, right? Okay. It's just like you're paring down, you're really evaluating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like what is it? How in your relationships have you been playing? Like have you been playing small or like where did someone make you not feel f- fully seen? Mm-hmm. And so that we open that box and we explore that. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you need peace in your life? What kind of tools can you bring in to create peace? Because it's not always going to be meditation for some people. Some people, it's like knitting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is like, it's not a one size fits all. So that's where you get to explore that. And then when you want to manifest with blue, it's like, ooh, what kind of relationships do I want to have? You know, what is what does comfort look like for me moving forward? Where am I not allowing myself to have comfort. <laughs> I'm like, it's like a go- Someone's like, and you're done. <laughs> that really the, looked like it was moving on its I own. Know, I, think, I think my elbow was hitting it. Like, we were talking and the mic would just started floating away from me. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> so yeah, and then as you move through uh, green, green is all about, it's goal oriented. It's, you know, we see it in nature a lot. It's calming as well, but... For me, in the little box that I like to explore, I think of color psychology a lot. Like green is buttoned up, it is poised, it is, it is organized. It's type A energy. When I see it in someone's aura a lot, they tend to be leaning in. That's like the personality diagnosis stuff. But mm-hmm. they tend to lean more into that like type A every perfectionism, and that's like kind of the shadow side of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we need it. Like I call it back to school energy, you know, like, mm-hmm. so when mm-hmm. I have you work with it, I'm like, okay, what do you need to like, what needs to get organized in your life? What needs, mm-hmm. what needs your attention? What, what goals are you denying yourself of? You know? And I do, I really like, I believe there's like steps to kind of like working with these colors. Like I'm not going to throw a color at you. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to work with it yet. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so greens like that. And then in aesthetic and style that comes across more like, I call it the Jackie O energy, right? It's like very, mm. very tailored, refined, um, poised. But like sometimes that just means like putting on a clean button up and like just feeling like you're going to take on the world. And mm-hmm. like this is what I mean by like it being personal style and your aura and your energy being an embodiment mm-hmm. because you you get to wear whatever you want when you want to wear it. But as long as you're honoring what you desire, mm-hmm. your clothes can reflect that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that's that's most of the colors. It's yeah. The colors. Did I miss any? <laughs> oh, um, violet, violet, visionary. Oh. Visionary okay. energy, creative energy. Violet is like futuristic. It's like well, that's what you want to really like lean into when you're like you have vision on your life. You know what direction you're going in and you want to just like live in the ethers and create. So your aesthetic like is very trend forward. Mm. You're wearing things that help you feel really empowered and um, like almost like the version of yourself that you want to be. Mm. so that's when we play that and then violet's about your intuition healing your creativity turquoise comes up too turquoise is the earthy earth mom energy Ooh. you got some you got lots of that really um, oh fun <laughs> <laughs> you're every color girl um but turquoise is that earth mom energy for me it's about healing your creative wound or like getting back into your creativity or like if you've got mm-hmm. oppressed desires around your creativity so we use that to explore, but turquoise itself is just like, it's just yummy goddess energy. I love it. Mm, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is probably a dumb question and it might not need an answer. <laughs> I used to... Will you preface a question like that? <laughs> well, it might just mean nothing, but I'll throw it out no, there. No, put it out there. I used to pretty much only wear all black. Yeah. And then a couple years ago, I was like, I really want to like when I'd visualize my higher self, it would be like all whites or all lights or, you know, ivories and camels, things like that. And I've been trying to transition. Do either of those things mean anything? They do. Okay. (laughs) They do. You're not. (laughs) This is a great question and a question that actually gets asked often. So. And most people come to me and they're like, do I have a black aura? (laughs) You were probably thinking it, don't lie. Somebody out there was like, oh, my God, I probably black of my aura. You made the joke in your head. Um, (laughs) It's not possible. (laughs) You don't have a black aura. Black, though, in psychology is interesting because black is all about, you know, like New Yorkers. We wear black Mm -hmm. sophistication. You know, um, it's very mysterious. It's it doesn't say a lot. Mm hmm. Mm, so mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything because it's not an aura color. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we wear black because we want we need to e- either need to protect yep. something or we need to heal something or we're not ready to fully be seen or we, we need to have a say in how we're seen. Yep. So New Yorkers, we we. It's funny because we're all so individualist or whatever. And I think when, you know, New Yorkers are getting better about wearing color, but we're mm-hmm. like primarily known for wearing a lot of black. Right. And a lot of it's just like poker face. Mm-hmm. People don't want to, you know, they it's like get ahead kind of city and you don't want people to know what's going mm-hmm. on. And I think what's interesting is that collectively we've all been kind of in this space and only in the last like decade or two we're like, 
coming out of the closet, no pun intended, um, <laughs> and exploring color and wanting to wear color. And when you talk about wanting to step in and wear more white, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's the highest frequency of energy. Like, <laughs> it's the you. opposite <laughs> of black, right? So it's like, you're like, I'm craving, like, and like to even wear neutrals too. It's like, it's almost your way of getting into theta and just being, when I mean by theta, it's like your brain, brain waves. waves. Yeah. Um, and being like, okay, I need to figure out what I want. And then you can incorporate color or energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but so much of us have been just like overstimulated, you know, over, um, just over so much energy around us. So I think like when you think about moving into white, it's like all about embodiment and moving through and the journey of what you need to create for yourself. So it, it can be really reflective of like a healing journey or I mean, it's why you were in Kundalini and, Mm-hmm. And things like that but yeah black is not bad it's not bad okay good that's <laughs> that's relieving if you're out there wearing black still and you need to it's okay come have a reading with me i'll help you figure out what you need to heal mm-hmm. <laughs> and what you need to reveal and we'll figure out what colors you need to wear yeah and so could someone and this is such a self-serving question could someone get a reading with you and implement your suggestions without wearing colored clothing. Um, absolutely. Okay. Because you did kind of say like the styles yeah. and things like that. Okay. Yes. So this is a great question and I'm really glad you asked it. Thank you. Um, so yeah, like literally you don't need to come to me. And I think this is where it's like very important to separate the messaging. Like I would say aura wear is kind of like this umbrella, right? Mm-hmm. It's this umbrella to not only learn about your energy and your aura, but not a way to learn about it. So it's like you're like well studied, but like enough to just know yourself mm-hmm. and to kind of connect to what you need or move through or create. Um, and then there's a color psychology part of it, the color healing manifesting, if you will. Um, but I like, I don't want you to be like, okay, now I have to wear red. She says I have red and now I need mm. to wear red pants, a red top, a red nails, red lips. Like, no. And in fact, maybe, maybe you work with it with like a pen. Like you pull out, like you go into your room. Like when I work with a color, mm-hmm. literally go into my room. I make a colored altar. I teach you how to make a color altar. If you want to take my course, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, super witchy. <laughs> I love it. And I make a color altar. I get my elements that I Mm -hmm. want for my altar and all of the things that reflect that color. So whether that's stones or, you know, pieces of cloth or candles, right? And then I collect the items for the week that I want to use, whether it's a coffee mug, a pen, a notebook, like whatever it is, it's going to help me see that color and remind me of what I'm moving through Mm -hmm. or what I'm creating for myself is why it's there. So I say you start to... Form a relationship with it, mm-hmm. intentionally working with it. But then, like when you get out into the world and when you move through, and the color serves as a sign, the color serves as a reminder, mm-hmm. subconsciously or consciously. Mm-hmm. So, no, you don't have to wear the color from head to toe. But maybe you can go get your nails done if you're like wanting to work with pink or yellow or mm-hmm. green, mm-hmm. right? And how did you come to start Aura Wear? In particular, I'm really interested in, I, like, when I started to become really spiritual, like yeah. the, you know, new age, like, woo-woo world, 
there's a lot of rhetoric around you know the kind of buddhist philosophy of detachment and i remember i was like i don't care about clothes and i don't care about this and i don't care about that (laughs) yeah and then you know it took a while for me to be like you know what i'm a taurus son like i love clothes i love material things i love my home i want it to look nice i like leisure like i like earthly pleasures and it really i had to come through it on the other side so I'm so fascinated that you were able to start this business that, you know, to those people maybe clashes, you know, it's so spiritual that it's also so in this world, in this realm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is also a great. You can ask really good questions. Oh my God, thank oh you. I'm just, you know, like, Bar- you- <laughs> Barbara Walters wishes. <laughs> no, great. These are great questions. So, Okay. For me, when I was also on my spiritual journey and my path, I felt really lost. I felt like there weren't a lot of tools that like I could relate to. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I ended up worse for wear, no pun intended, um, <laughs> because I'm so punny. Um, because I just felt like I would beat myself up if I couldn't get it right. Like, mm-hmm. like well, it's supposed to work this way. So my aha moment happened. When I was, I forget what book I was reading, but it was about just Buddhist, Buddhism in general and monks Mm -hmm. and like how monks, so monks are very, very intentional. Like the whole point of, you know, becoming a monk is that you like slow down Mm -hmm. and that you meditate and that you, everything's like you're intentionally focused on this and that. But what I found really interesting is that when you would go to like a Montessori as a monk or you would everything was so intentional and like your time and attention was so intentional but the one area (laughs) aha moment was that they would give they like give themselves like five minutes like to put they wear two robes Mm -hmm. like you have backup robe and you have your regular robe and you don't you take like a five minute shower like it's like very clear that that's how you're supposed to do it Mm -hmm. and i was like that's not me. I want like an hour and a half, 90 minute shower. I want to moisturize. I want to, and it just clicked <laughs> that I was like, wait a second. Wait, there's something to be said about being intentional with the way that you adorn yourself and move through it. It mm-hmm. opened up to just massive box from there where I was like, just all the dots kind of connected. I really, jo- I joked that I like, I had a download, but I really did. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything in my life, like that I was manifesting and creating like Oroware was like my subconscious thought. Like mm-hmm. Oroware was all the desires I had, mm-hmm. but like didn't know how to put them out there. And I think that's important to mention because if you're on a spiritual journey or you're trying to figure out what you want to do or you're like, I hate my career, blah, blah, blah. Like I was literally nannying and like I was an actor and performer for a long time, but like I hated it. And I mm-hmm. couldn't actually admit it to myself because my identity was so tied to it. But I just, I fell out of love with it. Mm-hmm. And as I started, I like literally I did everything intuitively. It was just weird. The universe opened up. Like I started doing Marie Forleo's like B-School. And I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I just know I'm supposed to show up. And then like all of a sudden, like the job opportunities came through. Like, and then the download. And so I share that just to say, like, these are my desires, like working with color fashion, style, mm-hmm. energy work, understand, you know, and then learning about my purpose, which is about channeling, opening up those portals for other people. Mm-hmm. It all clicked. 
And so, yeah, that's kind of like how it all came together. And then from there, it was like, oh, wild, right? Because <laughs> it literally happened. I've only started Orware in 2018, which mm-hmm. is much longer than a couple of years ago now. Bless the pandemic. Um, <laughs> it's so hard for me to understand that 2018 wasn't two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I just knew it was just, we, it just, when you are in sync, when you are in alignment, when you are synchronized with what you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. the universe opens up. Now it doesn't mean you don't have hardships or heartaches along the way, but like I went from zero to a hundred within like six months and I was like, okay, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I literally get to spend all my time just working through all of these different modalities. I have over like 20 coaching clients right now. I work with one-on-one. I give readings like every month. Like I'm living my dream mm-hmm. and it's beautiful, but it really came to just like showing up and like seeing what was subconsciously oppressed, which mm-hmm. we all got that. I still looking yeah. at that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and can you tell us a little bit about your services? Yeah. So there's lots of different ways you can work with me right now. Um, primarily, you can have a reading. I have three different structured readings. Mm-hmm. A 30 minute, 60 minute, 90 minute. Um, why I do this is because you might not want to, you know, you might not want to learn all the things mm-hmm. in a 90 minute session or you might not want to come in for the style stuff. You might just want to come in to learn a little bit about your aura and your energies. That's the 30 minute session is. The second is getting into not only your aura, but also what needs to be healed. And in that session, I act, it's called a color reading. You get colors that are specifically prescribed to you along with kind of a, a bridge, if you will, of how to work with those colors to create the results you want. Mm-hmm. And I always say transformation does not happen overnight. <laughs> it happens mm-hmm. in a container. It happens over time. So if that work really resonates with you and those tools that I've given you are something that you love and that work great for you, then you can uh, choose to work with me as a coach. Mm-hmm. And so then through my coaching program, we actually go through the entire rainbow, all of the colors, what you can be moving through. And I help you get results. That's like really it. I'm right. not therapy. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, what are you like? Let's get to your desires and like, let's create and manifest and heal what you need to move through and create. But I don't that again, that's a six month program. Um, and lastly, I have a course. Mm-hmm. I have a go at your own pace, learn all the things you want to learn. <laughs> and that cor- course is called style your intuition. Um, you can actually go and sign up and watch my free masterclass. Mm-hmm. Um, and learn just a little bit of the modalities of how I heal. And that that course is really built for you to explore these tools on your own. Um, again, like yoga didn't resonate with me. <laughs> There's so many things that just Agreed. weren't my tools of choice. Getting dressed in the morning, embodiment, color, style, like these are my tools of choice. And if that resonates with you and you're on a healing journey, then I highly recommend taking the masterclass or purchasing that course. I love that. Okay, when we're done, I'm going to go first around the corner and get my aura <laughs> <Yes>. photographed. <laughs> and then I'm signing up for your course and a reading. Oh I've really been gosh. wanting it. So, <laughs> so excited. I also so have watched the masterclass. Highly recommended. And we'll <laughs> put all of your links in the show notes. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I just I really enjoy what I get to do and there's nothing that lights me up more than like you guys 
experiencing the work and Mm -hmm. and trying it out and just you know enjoying the process of healing manifesting and moving through i think it can be fun it's it's supposed to be fun yeah yeah it it, (laughs) i mean it sounds a lot more fun to me than sitting through a yoga class frankly but (laughs) 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 but again maybe that's my taurus son i don't know (laughs) (laughs) listen i feel you I, i got a lot of capricorn energy but you know Sometimes it's, I don't know, don't get me wrong. I love yoga, but it's just anytime you want results, anytime you want to make change in your life, it's consistency that has to be key. But if you don't enjoy what you're doing and it's not resonating, it's really hard to show up. It's hard to be motivated. It's hard to be inspired. Yep. And so I always kind of say these tools are like, they're just that. They're just tools that get you to the other side. Yeah. And, and that is. It's just a way to kind of to bridge everything for you, to see it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't have to be that serious. Sometimes I have clients that come through like, what does this color mean? And I'm like, what, what does it mean for you? What does it mean for you? And they're like, what do you mean? What does it mean for me? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It means we need to work through the tool. Like, so that's what it's really about. And, you know, one day when I start or we're monk school. <laughs> <laughs> Well, literally, we will be the most well-dressed monks ever. Yeah, Um, upgrade them out of the orange. Yeah, but I mean, ultimately, it gives you an opportunity to see yourself differently. It gives you an opportunity to stop living in so much beta, start living in a life of theta, start having more vision around what you want to create. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's where peace is. That's where contentment lives. And I practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. I genuinely I can say that like I wish I past self could hear me but like I am a much happier person mm-hmm. and I really believe it has to do with just learning to integrate the right tools for me and mm-hmm. if my tools resonate with you more power to you sister <laughs> yeah amazing well thank you so much for coming on I'm so excited we got to do this Oh, me too. This was so fun. Oh my God, we got to do something in real life. I know. (laughs) You're so smart to do this. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have the space, so why not? (laughs) It really, again, it's probably self-serving because it's how I interact with people now. So, Well, it's great. I can't wait to go listen to all your episodes. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, thank you, Susanna. We'll put all your information in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone that you love, someone that you think would take something from this. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, all the things. (laughs) Go look up Susanna. Even if you don't rate, review, subscribe, just look up Susanna. That's it. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. Bye.